So we're in this uh, series, 25 days, and I won't ask you how you're doing in the 25 days, but you can ask yourself, how am I doing in the 25 days? We've been using this as the, the jumping off point where, where in Luke, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and all the people. And when we think about development and growth and spiritual formation, I think these are great categories to think about. So for you in your life, if, if today's your first day back to McDowell, it's awesome to have you back. Um, how would God want you to develop? What are the things that God would want to do in you in, in these different categories as you develop and grow as a human into who he's called you to be, who he wants you to be, who he's designed you to be? Uh, wisdom, I think about Wisdom as the decisions that we make, and some of us would say, you know, Matt, I continue to make the same decisions, and you know the definition of insanity is to do the same thing again and again and again, expecting a different result, and I'm not going to ask you to stand up and testify because it would be embarrassing, but some of us have made the same decisions year in and year out, and we don't understand why we keep running into a brick wall, and we need to grow in our wisdom. We need to make different decisions. If you want what you've always had, keep doing what you've always done, right? But if you want something different, if, if, if you want to develop and, and make better decisions, you've got to have some different inputs and some different systems behind the scenes to move you into a healthier place so that you can make some better decisions in your life. So wisdom, maybe it's stature. You know, all of us are in different places physically. I, you know, I admitted there's some people in this, this room who can run me into the ground, who can ride their bike, like I couldn't keep up with them for two minutes on a bike. Like they are unbelievably, but God hasn't called me to be someone else on a bike or running or my health or my weight or anything like that. God's called me to be me and he wants me to be the best version of me. And Paul even said in the New Testament that our bodies are temples and we should take care of them. And so all of us can be a little bit healthier version. We can work on our stature and and move in a, in a healthier direction. And then with God, I think every single one of us, and I'm gonna dig into this a little bit more again today, um, I think prayer is one of those areas that so many of us feel like we run into a, a brick wall again and again, and we don't know why. Any amens in the room? Do you ever feel like you're, you're praying to a wall and you quit because it's like, I don't know that anybody's there and it doesn't feel like, you know, th th all these challenges to prayer and but I think all of us can grow in our relationship with God, and I think we can grow in our prayer, and I'm gonna challenge you in some ways today. I'm gonna to make some of you uncomfortable today. Are you okay with that? No? Okay. Um, I'll make you uncomfortable anyway. And then with people, uh, Robin and I, we've, as we've processed a little bit, we've realized that there's some things that we're not doing well in our friendships, right? I mean, we talked about this. Like, there's some, some things that we just... Um, we just haven't done well, I'll, I'll just say it that way. And we need to, to put some different systems in place and, and we need to make some different decisions so that we can be better friends to people and have deeper relationships and healthier relationships. And I think for, for, for the holistic self, God, God isn't just interested in your spiritual life. He's interested in your life, all of it, 100% of it. He's interested in your decisions. He's interested in your health. He's interested in, in your, sp your spiritual being, but he's also interested in your relationships, all your relationships. And so 
There are some things all of us can do to, to, to grow or to develop and to become the best version of us that we can be. Um, James Clear, he's, the, the, the Atomic Habits is a book that I've talked about. He says this, that changes that seem small and unimportant at first will compound into remarkable results if you're willing to stick with it for years. Now that's overwhelming. For years? Yeah, for years. For years. Uh, changes that seem small and unimportant at first will compound if you're willing to stick with them for years. Now, I'm going to give you an example, and some of you are going to think this is ridiculous that I'm giving you this example. I am a hack on the golf course, but I love to golf. And I'm not very good, but I'm trying to get better. And the challenge is I can, I can have a pretty good round of golf, and I can have a terrible round of golf. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you can go out, and it's like you figured it all out one day. You're like, oh, my goodness. Like, I broke 80, first time ever in my life. It's unbelievable. And then you go out the next time, and you're like, I broke 180 on the front nine. And it's, it's just, that's just how the golf game is, it seems like. And um, so one of my problems in golf is alignment. And as an athlete, uh, as a wannabe athlete, I, like, I've always been taught to keep everything in front of me. But in golf... Like you're, the fairway is this way, or if I'm hitting it correctly, it's this way, and the ball's in front of me, but everything's this way, and so one of my problems with alignment is I always line up to the right of the ball that I've, I've learned, and um, when I feel like I'm lined up straight, if somebody's behind me, they can point out, Matt, you're lined up incorrectly. Like, what are you aiming at? And I'm like, I'm aiming at that light up there, and they're like, no, you're not, and I'm like, yes, I am. And I hit the ball, and I hit it over there, and they're like, it's because you lined up over there, and you've got all these problems, and you need to change the way that you align. And I'm like, well, how do I change the way that I align? Because I just see what I see, and I want to hit it. And they're like, well, what you need to do is instead of, like, looking way down the fairway, you actually need to get a straight line between where you're aiming and pick a point right in front of the ball and aim there. Because if you're aimed there, it means you're aimed there. Are you with me? And some of us have this in, in all of our lives, like we, we, we're looking way down there and God's saying, well, why don't you just take the next step first? Like if you want to get there, like you got to go there first. Because if you want to go there, but you start walking that way, you're never going to get there or it's going to be a bumpy ride to get there. Like you're going to have to hit the, the, the ball out of a jumping choya suspended in the air because you are not aiming correctly, Right? Do you understand? What, does that make sense? At any, and so I have to commit to lining up differently and take a small step that over time, over time, I'll begin to realize how I can aim down there without having to focus so much here. Are you with me? It's the small steps that you stay committed to over a long period of time that will have unbelievable results so that when I walk to a ball, now I get a feel for where I am. And I know that's a ridiculous example, and you're like, Matt, really, golf? Like, that's what you're going to give us? But it's true in our relationships. It's true in our relationships. Some of us want this incredible marriage and we're looking at like a couple who's like 90 years old, they're unbelievable, they're amazing, like we want that, I want that. I want, to, I want to be dancing at a wedding when I'm 90 years old with my spouse with that kind of a smile. 
I mean, terrible dancers, but you know what I mean. Like, with that kind, I want that kind of relationship. And we're looking down there, and you're like, how do I get there? And you think it's just going to happen, but the truth is you have to do all the hard work today and stay at it so that when you're 90, you're still dancing in your relationships. And financially, the same is true. Like, some of us want, you know, what's down there. And I'll be the first to admit, my generation... As we were growing up, we started seeing what our parents had, and we wanted the same things, so we leverage everything in our lives to get the same things that our parents, and we can't understand why we can't get out of debt. And it's because we tried to buy what our parents bought after they had worked 25 years to get what they had. And we want financial freedom, and we want financial margin, but if we don't make small decisions and stay committed to those small decisions, we'll never get to where we want to be. Are you with me? When it comes to prayer, it's a commitment to small decisions in our relationship with God. It's a commitment to small decisions that will begin to move us in a direction. They'll become, like I said last week, there'll be some momentum behind those decisions that begin to move us faster and in a stronger way towards God. And it's these small commitments over years, and I know that sounds like a long time, it's over years that we'll begin to feel the results of the small decisions we make on a daily basis that are really hard to make in the moment. You get up and it's too easy just to grab a phone and to start doing all the things like I need my breakfast and I need to get my coffee and then I'll talk to God and you get your coffee and your phone and your dog needs to go outside and you're like, okay, I get, my dog goes outside so I go outside and oh, my dog needs a walk so I'm gonna take my dog on a walk and then, you know, the market opened and so I need to watch the market and, you know, it's like all these different things that distract us from and then you think at the end of the day, I never said good morning to God and thank you for the sunrise because it was unbelievable this morning if you saw it and I never talked to God today and I want this relationship with God, like I want to know in, it's like I never made the small decisions and committed to them over a long period of time. Andy Stanley, I, I read this this week, this was a good one, um, he said this, that you'll, you'll never get to where you want to be until you acknowledge where you actually are. You'll never get to where you want to be unless you acknowledge where you actually are and some of us need to just write it down, journal it, um, maybe commit it to someone else and say, you know what, I have, I have no prayer life right now, or I have no devotional life, or I never read my Bible. Like, admit where you are today and ask someone to hold you accountable so you can get to where you need to be. Like, it, you've got to acknowledge, you've got to acknowledge where you are. And understand that God wants you to be the best version of you that you can be. He wants you to be the best version, and, and he wants to, to pour some things into you so that you can become that. And the people around you do. They, they want you to be that best version too. Trust me. <laughs> your, your spouse wants you to be the best version of you that you can be. Your kids want you to be. Your uh, parents, like all of everybody, we, we want each other to be the best version. And I think the starting point is prayer. It's the primary conduit that moves us in that, in, in that direction. So I'm going to talk I'm going to dig into to prayer, and I'm going to step on your toes and my toes. And um, as I do that, I, I want to acknowledge something up front, that oftentimes um, I realize that because of, of my, my call or what God has led me to do, that it might seem like I have it all figured out because I stand here and speak. But the truth is, like, my prayer life, like, I struggle with my prayer life, 
Like I struggle with my communication with, with God. And I'm, I'm growing in that. And I want to grow in that. And I want us as a church to grow in that. Because here's the deal. If we stay connected to God, if we keep this conduit open between us and God, God's spirit can breathe into us and transform us and help us become who he's called us to be. But as I walk through some of this today, I want, I want to just admit and confess to you, I am not an expert. I am a fellow journeyman with you. I'm on the journey with you. I struggle like you do. I get busy like you do. I have moments where I wonder, God, are you even listening? Are you here? Are you with me? And if we, as humans, if we just look at the external circumstances of our lives, you'll never think God is with you, but the truth is God is with us all the time. It's, it's usually us that is distant. So there's this passage of Scripture, and it's going to take me a little bit to get to prayer, but there's this passage of Scripture in, in Exodus and in Exodus, God leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he leads them out of slavery, which is unbelievable, right? They've been in slavery. They've been enslaved. They're building these buildings and making things. And, uh, but they're slaves. And they cry out for God. And God finally opens the door for them to leave Egypt. And so they leave Egypt. And they're in the desert. They're kind of leaving. And they're in the desert. And listen to this. It says, it says that the Lord went ahead of them. And he guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. Is that amazing? Don't you wish you could see what that was like? Like, what, what, like what was that? Like this miraculous thing where Pharaoh finally let the, the children of Israel, uh, let them out of Egypt and freed the slaves and then, like the parting of the Red Sea, right? And you're like, unbelievable. How could you ever turn your back on God if you experienced that? And then, as if that's not enough, then there's this pillar, this cloud thing, what, whatever that is. Like, I don't even know what it looked like. But, it, I mean, in my mind, I think that would be awesome. And, and then a fire at night, some sort of a, um, I don't know, think about like one of our heat devices, you know, and you're like, oh, like that moves around, and so I need to just follow that. And then, and then in my mind, I read this, and I think to myself, I want that. Like, don't you read that, and you think to yourself, if I had that, I could follow God pretty easily. Don't you think that to yourself? Come on, be honest. You're in church. You got to be honest. God knows what you're thinking. Don't you think that? Like, if I had a, if, if there was like a, I mean, following God would be this easy, It would be easy to follow God if there was a cloud and a fire and all you had to do is follow it. That would be easy, wouldn't it? And in my mind, I think to myself, God, if you would just do that, like our country's a mess, we're so divided, like could you just, could there be a cloud and a fire and could you just, like, could we just follow? Wouldn't that be easy? Don't we think that would be easy? And we'd have all the answers, and it would all be good. And then the children of Israel, like they start complaining. And you know what they say? We wish we could go back to slavery, like it was better back there. 
And we look at that and we're like, are you crazy? Like God's leading you to the promised land. Like you're about to have a land flowing with milk and honey, whatever that means. I don't know. Like, are there cattle? Are there, you know, we all have all these questions like what that was. But it's like, you, are you, like he just like, the, there was a Red Sea and it parted and there's cloud of, and fire and then you're going to complain. And I wonder if you asked the children of Israel back then, would you rather have the cloud and the fire or would you rather fast forward and have the spirit of God living in you and scripture in your hands? Which one would you rather have? You know what they would say? Oh man, give me the spirit. Like this God that is unseen, unknown, like if, if that, that God's spirit could live in me, so I wouldn't have to look for a fire and a cloud. I would actually have God's spirit dwelling in me. And if I had scripture and people around me helping me understand, we'll take that. Isn't that interesting? We want what they had because we think that would be easier. And they want what we have. And like, which is it? Like, which, which one would work? And, and I think what... God was probably doing in the Old Testament is through the desert, he wanted the, the children of Israel, it's like the, like the alignment thing. He wanted the, the children of Israel not to look off into the promised land. He actually wanted them to trust him as the provider, not the land. So that they would grow to learn to know his spirit that was guiding and leading them so that they would trust him and stay connected to him. So it really wasn't about the cloud and the fire. It was about the spirit that was leading them and guiding them. And then in the New Testament, it's like that, that spirit, Jesus says, and like the, the spirit comes upon us and lives in us. Like the spirit of God, the creator of the universe, is in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I mean, that's crazy. God's spirit is in me and in you. It's just, it's crazy. We have these moments of prayer where it feels like God's nowhere to be found. And then the, like scripture tells us he's actually in us. Like what's, what's up with that? If he's in us, then like why? And I started um, to write some of my own struggles and problems. And maybe you'll, maybe you'll resonate with this. In prayer... Um, I often, and I've said we often, we just want God's will to bend to ours. We don't want his will to take up root in our soul. Do you know what I'm, like, I find for myself that so often I just want God to affirm what I already believe to be true. And I'm really not interested in hearing from him. You ever feel that way? And we wonder, like, God, why are you silent? And I wonder if it's not that God's silent, it's just that we're not listening. Our voice has actually grown louder. And we simply want God's will to bend to our will rather than saying, God, your will be done in me. Like, I want your will to take up root in my life. 
whatever that means. And, um, and the truth is, prayer, I think for many of us, this isn't everybody, so please don't, uh, I'm, I'm not talking to everybody, just for some of us, and sometimes this, I think, is the roadblock. We see prayer as about us um, moving the heart of God for our own intention or our own will. But we've got to understand that prayer is just as much about the transformation of our heart and our mind and our spirit and our attitude and our actions. Like prayer isn't just a one-way street where we're lobbing our desires and our hopes and what we already believe and we just want God to, to affirm and do what we want in the world around us or in our world. Like prayer is, I think when Jesus said, um, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it was about us opening our, our hearts and our minds and our lives and our attitudes and our spirits and our souls and all of that to say, God, um, there's some things that I'm going to ask for. I'm going to ask for bread and I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to ask for some things, but I'm also going to open myself so that you could do something in me so that you can transform me. Are you with me? Does that make sense? And so we feel like we've hit a roadblock, and I wonder if it's not really a roadblock that, that God has created. I wonder if it's a roadblock we've created, if it's a wall that we've put up, because we simply are, are wanting what we want and not opening ourselves to his spirit. And I told you I was going to step, step on a couple people's toes. I warned you. One more thought. I almost wasn't going to say this one, but I think it's important. Sometimes I'm so focused on the change I want to see in other people that I fail to see my contribution to the reality that exists. And one of our challenges in prayer is that we're looking at our external circumstances and what's going on around us and we so want to lift to God what we think other people should be doing, and we forget that we are contributors to the actual circumstances in the world and lives that we live. And that's tough. That's tough. Because it means that we have to open, we have to humble ourselves and open ourselves for God to convict us before we run after others. So prayer isn't this like one way, God, will you just agree with what I already know to be true or the way that I interpret something and it's, it's a two-way saying, God, I'm gonna humble myself and ask you to do something in me that I can't do in myself. In the New Testament, uh, in, I think in Thessalonians, Paul says, um, don't stop praying. Or pray without ceasing. Some of you have heard that. Pray without ceasing. And I think we, oftentimes, we, we put prayer in kind of a little box, and we say, this is my prayer box, and this is like my time to pray, but 
Paul like opens up this idea that, that prayer is kind of a way of life. And so I, I look at that idea of the cloud and the fire and like God just like daily, ongoing, leading. Like that's what he wants for you and me. He wants to lead us in an ongoing way, day by day, step by step. Um, but it requires something of us. And so quick little um, idea, thought, process maybe that we can walk through and then I'll land the plane. You with me still, just for a minute? Can I go on with just one last thing? Are you with me? Okay. I think when we, when we have a moment where we want to connect with God, and we're able to, to still and quiet what's going on around us, just for a second, I think it's important that we recognize when God nudges or leads or convicts us. We, we actually recognize it as God. And then acknowledge it. God, I think this is what you're doing right now in me. Or I think this is the whatever, the direction, the, the leading. So we recognize it, we acknowledge it, and then we have a decision to make. We're gonna respond in some way, but we have a decision to make. Either, either I'm going to obey or, or walk out where God is leading me, or I'm going to not go where God is leading me. For example, um, maybe you have had in the past, I've had this oftentimes, where I felt led, and I think it was God-led, to call somebody or write a note to somebody or simply text somebody. Have you ever felt that leading in your life? And you have a moment where you say, okay, God, I feel you leading me to do this. But I don't know if that's me or you. I don't know if it's weird. I haven't talked to them for so long. They might be mad at me. I don't know if I want to reach out. I'm just not going to do it. Anybody ever been there? Or you got so busy, you just never did it. Are you with me? And then, like, you do that a few times, and then you go, I wonder why God never speaks to me. I wonder, like, if God leads them, but I wonder why he never leads me. Like, I wonder why it seems like God is silent. I wonder if it's just we drown him out, and we fail to do what he's called us to do, and the more you fail to do what he calls you to do, I wonder if the less we actually recognize and acknowledge his voice is even there. Uh, crazy story from um, oh, what's his name? Erwin McManus. He's an author, pastor out in LA and he tells a story about his son who went to youth camp, uh, church camp and this kids said something to him and he like punched the kid and so they kicked him out of youth camp and so his dad had to go pick him up like the pastor had to go pick up the son. My kids would never do that but his kids are bad kids. So he goes to pick up his son, and before they leave the camp, um, they're walking in the woods, and he asks his son, he said, he said, do you, do you know what you should do? And his son said, I know what you're going to tell me. And he said, no, 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 no I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything. Do you know what you should do? And he said, well, I should apologize. But I'm not going to apologize. And his dad said, that's fine. You don't have to apologize. But I want you to recognize that you knowing what you should do is actually God speaking to you. Like you should understand that the God of the universe is leading you and speaking to you in this moment. And you have a choice to make and it's fine. And then he told his son this, he said, the more you recognize and hear God's voice in your life, 
and you refuse to obey or you ignore it, the quieter God's voice will be. He said, it's not that God's not speaking, it's just that your, your, your ears aren't attuned to him any longer. You know, you play a lick of Led Zeppelin right now, a little cashmere, I know what it is because my ear is attuned to it. And my prayer is that I'm attuned to God's spirit. Here, I, my prayer for you is that you're attuned to God's spirit because I think it'll change your life. I think it'll change, change my life. If you wanna jump into the um, Bible reading plan this week, here it is, um, prayer two is the, and it's gotta be lowercase. Some of you last week said, I'm not, I'm not finding it. Bit.ly slash prayer to all lowercase um, is, a, is a five day reading plan on version, the Bible app that you can, a few of us will do. And if you wanna jump in, you can. And then a couple of books um, that are super creative and different. Next week, Cameron's gonna talk about another book, but these two books are just kind of for the artsy creative among us, if you want to try something, you won't agree with everything, but maybe these are a book that you would want to try. Really creative um, prayers. Okay. I believe every, with everything that I am that God wants to be with you. He wants to be with me. I believe he wants us to have a way. I believe that he wants to encourage and strengthen. and I think he even wants to convict us, which is tough at times. I think he's longing to be with us. And I think prayer is that conduit that could move us in that direction. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing this last song. And... Um, God, in these moments where we turn our hearts and our minds towards you, I just pray that you um, would, in the way that you do, sometimes we say that you would speak to us or that you would nudge us or convict us, whatever that is, I pray that you would do that in our lives. And I pray that we would make a decision to create this open conduit, like you've already done what you You've already done the hard work of it. I pray that we would commit ourselves to small decisions every day that move us in a direction of you. I pray this in the name of Jesus.